Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. As we begin our equipped series, hear these words from 2 Timothy chapter 3, which is our theme verse. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. So far, our reading. Starting this Sunday and for four Sundays, we will be looking at, through our epistle lessons, the second letter of Paul to Timothy. Paul writes this letter while he is in prison again. Only this time he does not expect to get out of prison. He expects to be executed. It is the end of his ministry. And he writes this second letter to Timothy, this young pastor, to help prepare and equip him for continuing ministry in his time and in his society. We're going to use these words of 2 Timothy for the same purpose that Paul meant them for Timothy, for ourselves, to equip us. That's what we're going to be looking at. How are we equipped to be ministers of the gospel, to be proclaimers of the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ? And so today we will be looking at equipped with power to share in suffering from chapter 1. Chapter 2 next week will deal with equipped with grace to remain faithful. And then in the third week, chapter 3, equipped with scripture to proclaim the gospel. And finally in chapter 4, equipped with determination to finish well. Paul begins to equip Timothy and you and I by talking about suffering. After all, he is in prison for the sake of the gospel. And he knows that in that society, in the Holy Roman Empire of that time, Timothy is going to suffer. Just as he knows that for all ages before and for all ages since, including today, that suffering for the gospel is bound to happen. That's a reality for all Christians. Suffering for the gospel is bound to happen. We see it in the Old Testament lesson as Habakkuk cries out to God about the violence, the injustice, the suffering, and everything that goes on in his time and asking the Lord why. And he, the only answer he gets from God in our lesson is the righteous shall live by his faith. Nothing about taking the suffering away or how injustice it is and all of that, how terrible it is, just that the righteous live by faith in the midst of their suffering. Jesus tells his disciples in our gospel lesson, temptations to sin are sure to come. And he urges his disciples to forgive those who sin against them. 
even if they sin against them seven times in one day and come back every time, seven times a day and say, forgive me, you've got to forgive them, he says. And I don't know if there's anything more of suffering than that, having to forgive the same guy seven times in a day. Suffering is bound to happen. You and I already know that, don't we? We're already faced with that in our sinful world. Oh, we may not be suffering to the point of dying or something like that, but it is a real challenge in our sinful world to live the gospel, is it not? There is the real danger of being persecuted, ridiculed, made fun of, all kinds of things for the sake of the gospel today. After all, we've been experiencing it, and it seems in our country it's getting worse and worse, isn't it? We're still doing the battle of the abortion issue. It wasn't that long ago when our synodical president went before a congressional hearing concerning Obamacare. And how our government was trying to force all organizations to include in their health plans provisions for certain things that we as Christian people felt were wrong. We had to stand up and be counted for that. And then comes same-sex marriages. And how are we going to deal with that one? in our society as we seek to be Christian people. And now it's hitting home even closer, isn't it? With all of this conversation about gender identity. That one's coming right into Frankenmuth and St. Lawrence. The laws are already being drafted that would say that if your child attends a public school, whether it be grade school or junior high or high school or college, the bathrooms and showers will be open to whoever declares themselves either as male or female. And your children will have to face that as these people walk in with them into those situations. And those laws are being drafted in such a way that if the public is involved, then the restrooms must be open. Which means our Church Grove campground, which is open to the public, will be involved in St. Lawrence we'll have to look at that issue as a real thing for us. We are sinful people in a sinful world and that world is closing in around us and challenging us and we will suffer for the sake of the gospel. It's bound to happen. It already is. And what are we going to do? How are we going to be equipped to handle that? Well, hear what Paul says to Timothy to equip him and us. First of all, he says, Do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord 
Or again, he says, God gave us a spirit not of fear. We do not be ashamed or afraid. It's not that we just endure suffering. He's calling upon us to embrace it, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, he says. Embrace it. Deal with it. As we live forward, we have no reason to be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have no reason to be afraid of what might happen to us. Here again, Paul, where he talks about this power of God who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. Do you catch that? God's grace in Christ Jesus comes to us even before the world began. Before God spoke that first word, let there be light, and began creation, already then, God's grace in Christ Jesus was ours. Already then, God knew that he would be sacrificing his son for our sins. Such is the grace and power of our God. No wonder Paul would say, but I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. We live under the grace and power of God. We have no reason to be ashamed of this gospel, this good news of salvation in Jesus Christ. We have no reason to be afraid of what this world will do to us. For it is God who will guard and keep us. It is God who is in control. It is God who will bless and keep us through all of life. Nothing to be afraid of. Nothing to be ashamed of. Because we have the power of God. And Paul delineates that out. To Timothy in verse 7. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self control. The power of God for Paul is faith, it is the power of faith, the trusting and believing in Jesus as our Savior. Which has now been manifested through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. If we believe in Jesus as our Savior, we have eternal life. Death is overcome. There is nothing that this world can do to us. Trust God, believe in Him. No matter what happens, ultimately you and I have eternal life in heaven. Let the world do what the world will. We have eternal life. That's the power of faith. That's the power to know whose we are and what our future is in Christ Jesus. The power of love. 
The power of God's love, first of all, to us. Knowing that God will keep his promises, that he will never forsake us. That he will continue to bless us as we go through life. Even as we go through suffering. As we stand up for the faith of Jesus Christ. No matter what the world does to us, God loves us. And he will be there with us. And he will keep us and care for us even in the midst of our sufferings. That's the power of God's love for us. And as Christian people, we then take that power and we share it with our world. You know, the people of Timothy's day did not take arms against the Roman Empire. They did not build an army and attack. They did not challenge Instead, they loved people. They took the love of God and they shared it with those in need, with those who had cares and concerns in life. And in so doing, they changed the whole society of their day. That's the power of love. And could not we do that yet today? Standing in the power of our faith, sharing the power of God's love with those out there in our world, person by person, congregation by congregation, could we not influence our society in the same ways that Timothy's Christian church influenced that society? We are equipped with faith. We are equipped with love to touch the lives of people. And thirdly, there is the power of self-control. Not being afraid or ashamed, standing in our faith and in the love of God, we stand secure. There is no reason to have knee-jerk reactions to everything the world is throwing at us. We can stand and live as God's people in this world, making the decisions by the wisdom and grace of God that we need to make to face the challenges and the sufferings that our world will bring on us. And self-controlled by the power of the Holy Spirit that dwells in us through our baptisms, which we celebrated again today, with Andrew Howley. That power at life or at living within us will enable us to live our life for our God, suffering or no, because we know who our God is and we know that He can guard our lives and our testimony at this time we have everything we need to face the suffering of our day we have the power of faith we have the power of love we have the power of self-control all under the power of God and so I say to you the same words that Paul said to Timothy by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us Guard the good deposit entrusted to you. Amen.
And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, that as you face the suffering that is bound to come, you may glorify God in all that you do. Amen.